everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, New Point. Uh, happy Labor Day. I, I pray that all of you are getting maybe just a little bit extra rest today. I appreciate Tom and his story so much. One of really one of my favorite ministries that we have here at New Point is Grief Share. And uh, just file it away. At some point, you or someone in your circle of family or friends uh, could is going to come up on a point in life where you're going to lose somebody or, or they're going to lose somebody they love. Grief Share is an incredible resource. We don't, no, nowhere in school does anyone teach us how to grieve. I mean, we don't get a class on that. And so when we are put in that type of a position, it's, it's hard to know how to process through that. This class is an incredible, incredible resource. And what I love too about Tom's story is as he benefited from Grief Share, he also realized this, is that as God put people in his life to help him through his grief, he realized that he too could be used by God in the same way. And that is really sets up our message for today. As we finish up our series we've been in, called Getting It Right, The Road to Your Next Step. Before I jump into the message today, uh, let me give you just a couple of quick reminders. Next weekend here at New Point uh, is a big weekend. Next weekend, we're gonna be doing our groups kickoff. A few weeks back, Dwight talked about uh, just the power of connecting, our need to have other people in our lives who can, who can help us grow in our faith. Next week will be an opportunity to connect with those groups. We'll be having those signups on all of our campuses. Uh, in addition, next week, we're starting off a brand new series, a brand new series called It Comes in Waves. It'll be a series on emotional health. It's going to be a powerful series. And uh, why I wanted to share that with you is is it is, I believe, will be a great series to invite other people to join you. People, maybe you don't go to church. I think there's a lot of people in our communities that can greatly benefit from that. Uh, so, so next few weeks will be a great opportunity to invite them. But today, our series we've been in, Getting It Right, The Road to Your Next Step. This whole series, in a nutshell, is about this. How do you grow in your faith? How do we grow in our relationship with a God who's invisible? Well, God gives us some very practical things. We just sang a song about faith rise up. Faith is not just a matter of things we believe in our head, but faith is actually very actionable. Faith is all about steps that we take all throughout our life. And as a church, we've identified six of those steps. We call them next steps. They're not the only ways we grow in our faith, but they are some of the most practical ways, most practical things we can do to be growing in our faith. If you remember a while back, we talked first about um, the idea of deciding. The very first step for any of us is getting to the point where we make the decision to follow Christ, where we believe that Jesus is who he said, that he lived, died, Died and was raised again, and we want to put our lives into His hands. We also talked about the 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 um, about attending that we need to be around other people where we can be encouraged in our faith. We also talked about inviting as we as God as works in our lives. It's important for us to share that with others. Um, we talked about connecting, connecting with God, connecting with others. A few weeks ago, last week we talked about giving and learning to trust God in the area of our finances. Today we're wrapping it all up uh, with the with the final step, and that step is serving. I want to share a picture with you. You might get a kick out of this. 
This is actually my home church. This little country church was a church I grew up in. It's called Soldier Soldier Christian Church. I grew up in a little town called Soldier, Kansas. This church is, uh, this, this picture hangs in my wall. And why I love hanging this in my wall is for me, it's a reminder of really where my faith got started. There wasn't really anything incredibly special about this church other than the people who were a part of it. And I think some of the most important lessons I learned about my faith that I learned in this little church are some of the same lessons that apply to us in here. Here's the thing about Soldier Christian Church is it's a really small church. It's only maybe 75, 100 people. Um, my whole time growing up there, it was about in that range. And uh, what I learned early on in the church is if, if, if our church was going to continue to survive, if our church was going to be effective in the little community that we were in, what it would require was that everyone who called Soldier Christian Church home had an active role to play. And uh, uh, we had an active role to play really uh, growing up. My family was very involved in the church. In fact, when I was about probably 12 or 13, right at the, uh, the time I became a teenager, I have a brother who's a year younger than me. And our one of our roles is, is about that time is every single Saturday, we would go to the church and my brother and I were basically the janitors. We would clean the bathrooms. We would vacuum the floors. We would dust. We would make sure that the church was in prime condition to get ready for our services on Sunday morning. One of the other things we did at the church growing up is we would have like these work days. We'd probably do two of them a year just to kind of clean the facilities, uh, do whatever needed to be done. I remember there was this one time, I think I was probably 10 or 11 years old. We were uh, putting a new roof on the church. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a person who's never loved heights to begin with. And uh, if you could see from that picture, the, the roof line is about 20 feet off of the ground. So if you fall off that roof, that's, it's gonna hurt a little bit when you hit the ground. Well, as we were um, reshinging this, this roof, we put completely new sheeting on and uh, we were walk, I was walking on the roof with the new sheeting before like any of the shingles were down. And for whatever reason, as I was walking, I hit a slick spot and I started sliding down the roof. Like I was falling, I was like trying to grab onto something to, to, to stop from falling. And right as my feet like got off, of the roof, one of the guys who was up there like caught me by my belt and a whole, and like he, he saved my life. And uh, one of the things I learned from that lesson is uh, there are better ways to fall in love with Jesus than that. Okay, I just wanted to see if you're awake. It's Labor Day, it's rainy out this morning. Just had to get one little dad, dad joke in there this morning. But that church, here's the thing, I learned in that church. And although our church here at New Point is very different in some ways, there's one way that New Point and every other church is exactly the same. The church not only exists for you. New Point not only exists for you, but you exist for the church. God created you for the church just as much as he created the church for you. Another way to say it is, I believe this to be true. Um, and I believe scripture talks about this all 
throughout the New Testament is that once we're called to salvation, we're also called to serve. Once we decide, the initial next step, once we decide to give our lives to Jesus, I believe at that very moment, we're also called to give our lives to other. One of my favorite chapters in all of scripture comes from Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, this is a, a it's my favorite um, one because it has some good things to say. It's also my favorite because it's honestly one of the more challenging chapters I think we read. In Romans chapter 12, I'm gonna read verses one through eight. Um, I think it sets up this idea of how God has created us to serve, to serve others, to serve the church. Here, here's what it says, starting in verse one of, of Romans chapter 12. It says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because we've been saved, because we've received God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For faith, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, we form one body and each member, each one of us belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. And if it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think there's four directives from this passage that call us to serve. The very first one is this, is God gave us our bodies in order to dedicate our bodies to him. That phrase in, in verse one says that you're to be a living sacrifice. Now that term living sacrifice is an oxymoron. Living and sacrifice should not really go together because in their context in first century, for something to be sacrificed, I mean, it was dead. But God, God actually calls us to be a living sacrifice sacrifice. He wants us to use this. Jesus actually talked about this idea a lot when he, when he said this in Luke chapter nine, verse 23, Jesus said this. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. See, the goal of our faith, when we decide to follow Jesus, the goal of our faith is not just to get to heaven. Did you know that? The goal of our faith is just like, hey, we, we, we give our lives to Christ, we get baptized and then like we get this like golden ticket we can keep in our pocket. So one day when we die, we'll be able to get in heaven. That's not the ultimate goal of our faith. Do you know what the ultimate goal of our faith is? It's to become more like Jesus. It's to become more like him. And, and who was Jesus? Jesus was a servant. So as we, as we think about this idea of serving, really the ultimate idea is not just that we would do acts of service. Oh, that's a really good thing. Like that's the right place to start. But our ultimate goal is that we would become a servant. That that would be like who we are rather than just 
what we do because the ultimate goal of our faith is that we're trying to become more like Jesus. And, and there was no better servant, no better example of that in the history of the world than Jesus. In fact, that phrase, um, a living sacrifice, I think maybe another way it could be like interpreted is that each one of us would be a living servant. That's a goal of our faith. I'm not there yet. I'm a long ways away from there. Hopefully, as I continue to mature, as I continue to get a little bit older, hopefully I'm moving more in that direction though. So I'm becoming more and more of a living servant. So that's, that's the first thing that this passage talks about uh, in, in connection to serving. And here's the second thing. Is in order for us to be a servant, we have to remove competing distractions. Distractions is big for all of us. I mean, we are really good with filling our time with all kinds of things. In verse two, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. I actually think another way to think about that word patterns would be priorities. Do not conform to the priorities of this world. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to get my priorities mixed up. Like it, I, I can make my life busy with all kinds of things that maybe a lot of good things, but maybe aren't always the best things. See, when we, when we give our lives to serving, it not only is, is good for the people we're serving, it's also good for us. It just, just think about this. For those of you that are married or um, uh, those of you that have a close relationship, maybe it's with a parent, maybe it's with a friend, maybe another family member. When that relationship, whatever relationship yours that you're thinking about, when is that relationship at its best? When is that relationship really like clicking? Is it when you are only thinking about getting your needs met? Or is it when you're thinking about meeting the needs of others? Yeah, I mean, you know the answer to this. I mean, the relationships are, are, are at their best is when two people are thinking about meeting the needs of the other person, right? I mean, I try to remind my wife, Rachel, about this all the time. Like, hey, if you just for, focus on me, our, our relationship will be way... As, yeah, you know, that doesn't go over. That doesn't go over very, very well. But that's hard, isn't it? I mean, it's one of the hardest things in our life is to think of ourselves less, to deny ourselves in order to think of someone more. Even as a pastor, this is hard for me. This is hard for me every single day. And even in some of the most important moments. There was several years ago, it was Super Bowl Sunday. We were with family and friends. We were watching the game, like probably a lot of you do. A lot of good food. A lot, it was a great game. And, uh, and uh, it, we just were with some great people. Well, right in the middle of the game, I get a phone call. Um, there was a lady from our church. I actually didn't know this lady. I, I barely knew her. Um, her husband just happened to, uh, he, he was killed in a car accident that afternoon. So I got the call in the middle of the game that this had happened. And uh, I knew I needed to go over and see her and her kids. She had a couple of teenagers at the time. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm ashamed to admit this, but it was the last thing I wanted to do. The last thing I wanted to do was to leave my friends, to leave the game in order to go be with this family who honestly is just having the worst day of their lives. It was hard to get in my car and to make the drive. But, but as I did that, as I sat with her family, as I sat with her kids and, and um, just prayed with them, listened and really just sat with them for hours. How do you, 
How do you think I felt as I drove away from her house that night? It was completely different. <laughs> I, I was no longer thinking, man, I, I missed, the, missed the Super Bowl. Like, oh, what an awful day. I was thinking like, there's no place I would have rather have been than to be with her and her kids in their worst moment. Isn't that, how, isn't that how serving works? Like at the four, when you start serving, like, and for those of you who serve in our church, you probably get this every single Sunday. You're like, man, am I gonna go, am I gonna go through this again? I don't know if I've got the energy today. I'm tired. But yet when you're done, when you're on the other side of it, a lot of times it's like, man, there's no other place I would have rather been. That's how serving works. When we are able to lay down our lives for someone else, for something that's greater than ourselves, it's not only best for the other person, it's also best for me too. That's the beauty of why God calls us to serve. God calls us to serve in some part because he knows it's best for our lives and our own hearts as well. So we got to work hard at removing competing distractions because for most of us, the one thing that gets in the way, maybe more than anything else, of serving, serving in our community, serving our family, serving our friends, serving our church, is we're just distracted with things that maybe don't matter quite as much. Priorities can be tough. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing that this uh, passage in Romans chapter 12 talks about is it, is it encourages us is that we must cooperate with other believers. We must cooperate with other believers. There's a lot of strength that comes with that. A, a couple of weeks ago when Dwight was preaching uh, the message on how we connect with God and connect with others, he said, all of us are born with this desire to be not only fully known, but also to be fully loved, which is absolutely true. As a church, one of our biggest goals at New Point is that we would be a church where you can be known. But here's the other thing you need to understand about New Point and our church here is that we're also a church where you're needed. We're a church where you're known, but you're also a church where you're needed. Like our church is better with you with every single one of you, because God has given you gifts. He's given you abilities. He's given you experiences in life. Like we saw in the video with Tom, that at some point he wants you to share with others, that he wants you to serve others with. I love this passage in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 to 13. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. That's I would fit into that category somewhere. He says, here's why. Verse 12, to equip his people for works of service. To equip his people, that's you, for works of service. And here's, here's why. It says, so that the body of Christ, that's us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How many of you would love to have more of Christ within you? How many of you would love for your life to look more like Christ? How do we have more of the fullness of Christ in us? It doesn't happen as a lone ranger. It doesn't happen as an individual. It happens in community. And not only in community, but it happens when we serve each other. The church exist for you, but you also exist for the church. 
Here's the final thing from this passage is, is that it, ensures, it encourages us to use our gifts, to activate your gifts. All of us have been given gifts of all kinds. This passage in Romans 12 lists a few of them. There's some other, other passages that list more, but we all have gifts. Again, we all have experiences that God has given to us so that at some point we can share them with other people. We can use those things to serve others. I believe there's, a, there's two ways we should activate our gifts. The first is this. The first is in an area of strength. Where are you naturally talented? Where are you gifted? We, you need to find an area to use those strengths that God has given you. Why? Because, because you were created for a purpose. You were created for a reason. And a huge part of discovering your purpose is finding ways to use those strengths and talents in order to serve others. That's a big part of our purpose. So the first, first way we use our gifts is, is using our gifts that in an area of strength or an area of passion. The second is this. I, I believe we're also called to use our gifts in an area of need, where we are needed. And I think this is why this is important. Going back to that a statement from Jesus is that each one of us is to uh, carry our crosses, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and, uh, and die to ourselves. Is when we serve in an area of need, it helps us practice that. It's a little bit like fasting. I don't know if you've ever done a, a, a fast where you fasted for food, maybe for a day, for a couple of days. One of the powers of fasting is that it helps us tell our bodies no. It learns like, hey, even though we have these cravings and these desires, like we can say no to ourselves and, and still be okay. We can still be survived. That's serving in an area of need. It, it gives us practice in developing the muscle of denying ourselves in order to serve others. So here's what we, here, here's what, what we want to do today is we just want to share some needs that we have with you in our church. Again, our church is a place where you are both known and needed. Before I do that though, um, what I'd like to do is I, I just like to pray for us, that God would continue to open our eyes to ways we could serve him in our community, serve him in our family, serve him with our friends, and also serve him in our church. Father God, we are, uh, we're grateful for the example of Jesus. We're grateful for who he was. God, in our faith, help us not to settle for someday. Someday when we die. God, may our faith be more. May it be about this life and God, how you created us to use us to inspire others to follow you, to share you with others and to serve you, God. Because as we do those things, God, we know that you will become more real in our lives. God, I pray in these next few moments that you just give us eyes to see ways we could serve our church. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.